Good morning, good afternoon, everybody. The wait is finally over. This is the first episode of the Hot Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Sinity. I got my co-host here, Ethan. How's it going, Ethan? Uh, Good. How about you? Thank uh, you, thank doing you. Doing great. You know, it's like sports is finally back. The playoffs are here and everything's kind of just rolling, oh, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. I'm really excited for like these, um, these games, like I've really seen like a lot of game sevens in the coming future. Yeah, man. I mean, that's actually first thing I'd love to talk about, given that we're talking about the playoffs here. This team, every team that's kind of out there right now, there's no real, real clear winner that I've kind of noticed. I don't know if you've noticed the same thing, but it's it's kind of insane that given that there's no Warriors out there, there's no mm-hmm. like even the Lakers, the tr- the clear number one seed going into this, they had come kind of a stumble at the beginning there and it's just something that no one really knows why but any team it's really up for grabs right now yeah i agree um literally like last night the both of the eight seeds won they beat their uh, first seeding teams and i don't know i'm seeing trouble with the lakers and their depth as well as milwaukee down the stretch executing so yeah i'm really really into this right now <laughs> yeah i mean i i can i can completely agree the the lakers i've had my doubts throughout most of the season ever since all the free mm-hmm. agencies that they've had and things like that but my biggest question is how orlando is beating the milwaukee bucks in their first game i mean is it just well us? is it Giannis didn't show up. I mean, I thought he played no. well, but uh, I I really thought Giannis did show up. I think the problem with the Bucks is um is is Middleton is their uh, second best player, so called second best player, and I think like they need somebody to give more of a punch off the bench or something like that. Because I feel Middleton isn't that kind of like the guy like the the second main guy you know for the bucks he can't be that guy well the the thing about that is like he kind of came out of nowhere when he first came in the league it wasn't a high draft mm-hmm. pick but he he shot four of 12 two of six from three he had 14 points on 31 minutes it's mm-hmm. it's really hard to say that he's supposed to be the number the number two guy on that team while Giannis is putting up 31 and 17 and even seven assists on top of that but yeah. you're not seeing guys like Bledsoe or Wesley Matthews being exactly. a true guard, a true point guard in that mm-hmm. in that game. No one really had double digit assists. No one's really like sharing the ball as much as probably they should. And then even Brooke Lopez is only putting up five points. Oh, of three, oh, four, excuse me, from three point land. And it, I'm not quite sure why. It's not like they're. Orlando's defense is suffocating them. They're just not showing up. I think it's more of a Milwaukee lost that game rather than Orlando. Yeah, I, I just think that Orlando just like outplayed them. Brooke Lopez, what during the season he was averaging like six threes a game, and he was like he was hitting them consistently, like shooting maybe like thirty eight percent from that range. So I just think that the Bucks just had an off game, and we can't forget the fact that. Orlando, they know how to use their players pretty well. Um, as, as you saw in like the last, like last year, um, yeah, Eastern uh, Conference uh, semifinals was it? They beat Toronto by a buzzer beater by DJ Augustine. Mm. 
but Toronto immediately turned that around the following game. So I'm I'm wondering if that's what's going to happen uh, with the Bucks and Orlando this yeah. next coming game. And mind you to the listeners as well that uh, Jonathan Isaac is out for the season on this team. Yes. So uh, can't forget Aaron Gordon as well. Yeah, Gordon's out big... as well. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine where this team would be if they are actually would be an eight seed. That's a lot of big guys down there, down in the low post, things like that. That mm-hmm. that possibly could change this game a lot. Markel Fultz put up uh, 15 points, a nice 15 points on 6 of 11 shooting with 6 assists. Mm-hmm. He's he's a guy that I don't know where he should be. I don't know where he's going, but he's kind of found a home in Orlando. He's kind of making a name for himself. He's not a superstar or anything by that by any means, but he's trying to, you know, work his way back. I think he's doing a great job with that. His oh, yeah, shot isn't exactly there there, but it's better than he's doing better than where he was in Philly. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Um, I don't know, cause uh, Orlando won that game pretty confidently, and um, Evan Fournier didn't show up at all. He hit like two big threes at the end of the like of the stretch, but that's about it. And I was like really surprised at how Orlando really executed. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, when you look at this team statistics. Other than Vucevic, who went 35 and 14, you had Fultz with 15, Clark with 15, James Ennis with 11, Fournier with 9, Tyson Ross came off the bench and had 18. That was a really good one, really good uh, addition there off the bench. Augustine at 11, and you don't really see anyone that really stood out. It was just a real good team effort. And it's almost, you kind of look at that and you go, wow, the Bucks really didn't play much defense they like Mm -hmm. 7 of 13 from Tyson Ross 15 of 24 from Vucevic and I'm not quite sure how he really gets 15 of 24 given that Brooke Lopez one of the better shot blockers in the NBA is guarding him I mean he shot Vucevic shot five of eight from three he doesn't look like the guy that would do that but he does shoot the three ball decent but I don't know how a versatile. I think guy he like shot it better than uh, he did during the whole season. Correct? Yes. Like during the last game. Yeah, yeah. He mm. he he kind of shoots. Let me see. He he shoots around from three thirty three percent. Thirty three percent. That's not. That's bad. not bad at I mean, all. Like, like his, <laughs> for a guy his size. Yeah, he did overshoot his numbers in this game, but for hit for that's just kind of well. Obviously, that's kind of the world we're in right now, right? Everyone has mm-hmm. to be able to shoot the three. And as you can see by that, he got the better of Brooke Lopez in this game. Um, kind of switching yeah. over here, the game that we all kind of wanted to talk about here. That was more the upset, but from my point of view, I'm in the Bay Area, and my, my co-host here, Ethan's down in L.A. We want to talk about this L.A. game. <laughs> LA, the, the Lakers versus the Oakland homeboy, Damian Lillard. Maybe the hottest guy in yeah. the bubble right now. Um, My God, bro. He, he is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was it was a game that I, I, I never took my eyes off. I just wanted to keep watching. I wanted to see where it was going to go. And, you know, I, I guess I could definitely start this off by saying from day one, I was never interested in the Lakers. I don't care what they were as the number one seed. They got AD, but... Aside from AD and LeBron, 
I did not see much potential because what their average age is like 80. <laughs> <laughs> they're the last of their young core is literally Kuzma. <laughs> yeah, like I wasn't happy that they traded all these guys from the begin with when they trade Lonzo Ingram. I mean, Ingram probably it stunted his growth being there with LeBron, but mm-hmm. like even you could see where I think Ingram would be right now is where Kuzma is. Kuzma's growth was really good with that team of mm-hmm. before pre LeBron because he was able to show more, show out more. But now yes. with being in the shadow of LeBron, LeBron doesn't even trust him. If you watch him on the court, LeBron doesn't trust him. And it's definitely stunting his growth. I think Kuzma could definitely be a guy that could go somewhere one day. But being on Lakers with LeBron, it's just not going to happen anytime soon. But going back to the game, where do you want to start? Do you want to start how bad the Lakers were or how good Dame was? Or, I mean, because we can go either way with this. <laughs> no, we're going to – yeah, we're talking about how – um, the lack of defensive capabilities the Lakers have right now yeah. and the lack of depth because I don't think Dame played an amazing game. I mean, he still put like, what, 30 plus, but like that's a good game in other players' minds. But he has so much more in his bag <laughs> and he didn't even pull it all out. Right. And the Lakers still, they, had, they didn't have control of the game at all. Like during right. the whole game that I watched, they had no control. No, they had maybe two defensive stops and like good fast break transition buckets, but that's about it. Yeah. And uh, I think they took the lead twice. They yeah. only had two lead changes in the whole game. And that honestly didn't come till the fourth quarter, I think. End of the third, early fourth. Yeah, end of the third and then the fourth. Yeah. I a little bit in the fourth. And then. Um, yeah. My uh, biggest. So when I like to look at the statistics here, the number one thing that I'm looking at is not just like how many points you get or how many rebounds, no matter what position you are. It's I'm looking at plus minus. Now, mm-hmm. you got guys like Anthony Davis on your team and LeBron James and Danny Green. Danny Green being obviously a last year's winner. So he kind of yep. has that championship mentality. LeBron had a minus three plus minus. I mean, putting up a triple-double, you kind of expect that. He put up 23, 17, and 16. Like, that's obviously very LeBron-esque. Now, yes. what's the weird part is you have Anthony Davis where, who put up 28 points and 11 rebounds. He had a minus 20. Wow. So for those of you don't know, that might not know what plus minus is, it's how much time you're actually on the court. So it's basically your own score when you're on the court. So minus 20 means he was he gave up more points. Wasn't being productive. Yeah. yeah, it's very unproductive. I think that's one of the biggest ways that you could look at how good a guy actually was. I understand he has to play with the team, but he and Danny Green both had a minus 20. And then we're, <laughs> we could even honestly as go as far as, I don't know if you know who this guy is because I kind of forgot about him, but uh, KCP, Contavious Caldwell, <laughs> um, Mr. Yep. Uh, one, one, and one. He had one point, yes, sir. <laughs> one yes, rebound, sir. one assist, and one How turnover many minutes? on 29 minutes. And mind you, he's a starter. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, it, it, the Lakers, it's, it's very funny because the Lakers definitely have a lot of experience. Without a doubt, they are one of the more experienced teams. Is it weird that we're having Frank Vogel call the shots right now and he's giving KCP 29 minutes when 
you have maybe maybe one of the older guys on the team and one of the newer additions maybe he's not quite used to everything but we had Dion Waiters who they acquired for yeah. the playoffs for the playoffs mind you one minute they they acquired J.R. Smith as well for the playoffs and I they have not utilized him at all and I don't understand like once a guy's out there for that long wh- why don't you pull him out like Man, even like maybe Kostas could have done something. <laughs> he, he he has to use his bench more because winning teams have depth. And right now, those young players on the bench, they're just sitting there, not getting opportunity, not being able to show what they can do on the court. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the biggest things right now, when you actually watch and you start to understand basketball, you understand the playoffs, coaching is a huge huge factor i think in the playoffs because go back go back a few years when uh we were starting andrew the warriors were starting andrew bogut and it just wasn't working against the uh, cavaliers so we went absolutely small and we started andre Godala. you know like Mm -hmm. that's a that's a game-changing move as a start we just went absolutely small and we ended up taking over and just finishing out that series but it was it's not something that every coach can do is just making is making a cut there absolutely yeah. cutting ties and saying hey kcp we got ha- we're gonna have to bench you man you know the production just maybe isn't there right now we understand that but it's 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 a time to grind there's no more testing i'm thinking those guys on the floor that aren't as productive like kcp they just need a break you know the game of basketball has always been the bench so if a player is not being productive as a coach, you have to sub him out and play somebody on your team. You know, you, you, you have to make rotations and you can't just hope that somebody like this one player is going to go off. Like something's going to happen to him because that's just not how it works. He needs to re- recollect himself mentally, get back out there once he has like, I don't know, a two, three minute break and then prove, his, prove himself again. He's playing, KCP right now is playing like he did in the beginning of the season when he had one point in, what was it, eight games total? Yeah. He had one point in eight games total. And that is an embarrassment, man. And I saw one clip um, on Instagram, I think, where Vogel was subbing in Danny Green for Kyle Kuzma after Kuzma hit a, a fast break layup and hit two free throws down the stretch. And Vogel wanted to sub Kuzma out for Danny Green. Yeah. Which I have no clue why. Yeah, I think one of the weirdest things is, like, Kyle is a little bit taller than most guards. He's not really a guard, if anything. But Mm -hmm. if you, like, those three on the court at the same time, you kind of have size. Defensively, that's where the problem becomes. You don't want LeBron guarding Dane. You don't want uh, LeBron guarding uh uh, CJ McCollum that that that's why they kind of want the better defenders in mm-hmm. but Kuzma he he could be very good his defense is very su- suspect and that's why I think that they want to take him out <laughs> it's it doesn't make any sense to me why you're running Contavious Caldwell Pope for 29 minutes there when the last few games even in the bubble he's August 6 he had 10 points August 8th he had eight points uh, against OKC on August fifth, he had five points. I mean, that's not playoff numbers. I don't, I don't care if you're playing against 
the G League team. I don't care if you're playing in the playoffs and the finals. That's not that's not acceptable in this kind of crunch time. When honestly, all he's doing is he's waiting for the ball from LeBron in the corner, and you just got to sink a three. I mean, exactly. And he's I, not even providing that much of a threat. No, because he not, only has one point yeah, on the he's, boards. He's got he's got one gear though. KCP is not he he can't make he can't drive. Especially yep. against Lillard and McCollum, he's not he's not driving in. That's mm-hmm. LeBron's job. Their yes. only job as Dion Waiters, bottom shooters. Yeah, they just need that corner wide open three. Just hit it. Now Kuzma not- might not be that guy. I don't think Kuzma's the guy to hit every corner three. Now that's what J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters, and Pope is for. Pope is not. Don't forget Danny on. Green. And Danny Green Danny as well. Green. You're right, exactly. But what's the weird thing is. You can you can look at these guys and say yes they've been in the league a long time they've been doing this a long time but age eventually starts to catch up to you and the reason why I say that is because I don't know if you saw it but Danny Green had I think <laughs> every chance to take that game by himself and he bricked everything I I watched that game last night Danny Green could not make a shot for his life. That could make a difference. He shot two of eight from three and four of eight, four of twelve from the field. Like, yep. He needed whole... to be that spot up shooter yeah. that LeBron needed when he sucked in the defense and popped it out. That's how you win basketball games, and he just, he just didn't deliver. Yeah. So what was LeBron supposed to do? He was stuck in the paint with all guys straight on him, and then he, and then Danny Green gets the ball, shoots it, misses it, and then guess what? Blazers have possession. And then we're going the other way. Exactly. And the Blazers have threats like Lillard, McCollum, who all can comfortably step up and knock it down the three. Damian Lillard's range is unlimited right now. On a guy like that, you cannot be giving them possessions. You have to get stops. This yep. is this is a game of numbers, exactly. game of possessions, and game of runs. Your team already doesn't guard a three well at all. Yeah, it's... AD had to step way out there. <laughs> I don't know after that that screen by Nurkic at the end of the third or something. AD was all the way out there, and Damian Lillard still synced that three in front of his face. Yeah, it, There's nothing it, you can do about that, you know. Yeah, it's not it's it's not even when def- their defense is bad, but when you top mm-hmm. that with going against two spot up three point shooters like CJ McCollum and. Damian Lillard, it's going to be very difficult to climb out of this hole, which is why I had the Portland Trailblazers, if you guys saw my Instagram, uh, I had the Portland Trailblazers winning this round, actually. It's not something that I'm very surprised about because mm-hmm. you guys are trust, or the Lakers are entrusting their whole season with guys like Caruso, who's putting up 29 minutes last game. I think that's a complete joke. I think he's completely overrated, but in my it's more of like a troll overrated. They like people like the kind of fire that he brings. I'm not quite sure why, but because he's a bald baller. That's the <laughs> it's the whole trend. It's all about the hype with Caruso, the guy that's least expected to uh, be a good basketball player is like during the season. But I don't know when it comes to like playoff championship basketball. Maybe he can't deliver. He shouldn't be out there. Then, and I think, if I remember correctly, in that game, that Damian Lillard actually dropped him. 
<laughs> he, off a screen, yeah, I think. Screen. Yeah, he couldn't catch up to him. The Lillard was too fast off curls, and yeah. And that's what you and that's what you're gonna be putting your defense up against is obviously the best guards in the game right now. Like you're gonna, okay. So let's say let's say you guys somehow get past uh, the Portland player Trailblazers. You have to somehow guard Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Okay, so you get somehow past them. Uh, then we're then we're kind of going up against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You know, it, it, yeah. Like LeBron can't guard all of them. AD can't keep up with them. So how does this team? This is this is easily in my lifetime one of the most fake number one seeds I've ever seen. Like this team is. They're just a bunch of misfits that were put onto a team that like each other. Now that they play, now that they actually have to play together, I don't see that happening. And obviously, we're gonna have to talk about the man that disappeared in the fourth quarter, just like he's kind of disappearing from this conversation. Uh, Anthony Davis, mind <laughs> you, he had thirty-nine minutes on twenty-eight points, but he didn't do anything in the back half of this game. And yeah, the. The thing about him is he is one of the strongest, biggest players in the NBA. He's kind of the net, like closest thing that I think the NBA has to Shaq in a way. Mm-hmm. He's got the he could have the post moves. He could do everything. And Bead, I don't think is honestly as strong as Anthony Davis is. I don't know if you can agree or disagree with that, but Anthony Davis is. A little I actually quicker. think Embiid is a little bigger down low. I think he has he's more of a threat in the post. AD for he, what's going for him is his jump shot and his three point capabilities. I'm, yeah, like, I'm just yeah, saying because he's pure a true guard wise. before. I think I think Davis is actually stronger. I like stronger, stronger. than Embiid. Embiid mm. kind of can throw his weight around. Like I understand that, mm-hmm. but I think Anthony Davis actually could be more of a force. He can finesse. He could do everything that he wants to down low, but he doesn't. Which I'm not quite sure why. Like I understand that. You want to be in the league. So you're saying because you think Anthony Davis is stronger, you want to see him more in the post rather than taking jump shots? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I want – on a team like that, yes, I do. I 100% do. I want Mm -hmm. him to be the threat that kind of like Vucevic is in in this game. Like Vucevic against Bucks, he can do everything down low. He can make the hook shot. You don't see Anthony Davis in the post trying to get the ball and trying like he's getting the he, ball he, outside. He, yeah, he backs him down a little bit, but then takes a, a jumper yeah. mid range every yeah. time. Uh, every time I see him, once once he gets to the post move, yeah, I, I I do agree. And once once KCP or Danny Green can step up to the shooter role, and then so Anthony Davis doesn't have to, and he can just focus on his post game. Oh man, that's a but, recipe but for that's never that's winning. the thing though. That's never really been his forte. Especially mm-hmm. on the Pelicans where he had to do everything. I think he had I think he was kind of forced to extend his game in that aspect. You know what I mean? Extend meaning the post or No, the no, jump no. Shot? He had to go away from the post because he had guys like Okafor and Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, other that couldn't guys. get it done yeah. there. So the, that's why he let them do the post, and he would just get everything outside. He would take his jump shots. I mean, he's a really good player. He's a very skilled player, but it's just not something that he ever really learned to make a post move. Um, yeah. That's why I don't think a- Anthony Davis is a little he, – he's all that. 
He's very good, but he's a little bit slightly overrated. He's not a top five player in my opinion. I could think of very many more players. Honestly, I don't I don't know who who who's your pick to honestly win this and how many how many games? To win the whole thing? No, no, I'm saying to win this this series between the Lakers. The, and the oh, Warriors. to win this series? Have the honesty, man. I think I think the Blazers might take it all <laughs> because uh, Lakers just lack scary guards. Like guards that really put you on, put the defenders on their heels. You know they don't have that, and they're missing Avery Bradley. They're missing Rajon Rondo. Big defense. Yeah, there. and then LeBron Bolton. has LeBron has to facilitate most of the time. He's okay. he is he is the point guard, and LeBron has Gary Trent Jr. on him. For for most so of the time, the, he the, needs to dominate him. Right, he so needs to dominate really quick, him. Though, when you say he he needs to be the facilitator, what do you mean by that? Can you extend on that? Because what I'm hearing from you is that you want him to be the. How um, many assists did LeBron have? He had he had, uh, he had prior 16, game 16, 16 assists. Sixteen assists. Ha, what you what was the more? second player that had the nearest amount of assists as that? Uh, we're going with Caruso with three. <laughs> Caruso, okay. See, my, my my point exactly. LeBron has the ball most of the times, and he's trying to fill that facilitator role. LeBron shouldn't be doing that. Thank you. Okay. I, I LeBron is just too dominant, and so is AD to be to be to be facilitating. LeBron especially, he needs people giving him the ball, and he needs to score on Gary Trent Jr. every time. Because I be, I hundred percent believe Gary Trent Jr. cannot guard LeBron. Especially going down full speed freight train, Agreed. LeBron will get the foul and one every single time, and then you will w- and Lakers will win the game. But LeBron is just filling a role that he's just not meant to be doing. True. You know, that's where you're missing Rondo. That's where you're missing Bradley. That can just give the give LeBron the ball, and he just goes to work, and then this game, and then you know, yeah, story's that, over. That's exactly where I'm at too. I I completely agree with that. LeBron the whole idea of LeBron being the point guard is not something that I was really pleased about when I heard that 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 news story kind of come out early in the season he Mm -hmm. shouldn't be the one because if you look at all his success he had Dwayne Wade and he had Kyrie Irving they had guards (laughs) yeah and you could you could take out Chris Bosh out of that equation you could take out Kevin Love out of the equation and I still think that they win because the league now is it's a guard driven league and a small forward driven league the center and the power forward are slowly being kind of pushed out you know Mm -hmm. what i mean that's why they're trying to make threes and bead is not a guy that should be shooting threes but he's trying brooke lopez is not a guy that should be shooting threes but he's trying same thing with anthony davis and vucevic it's the list kind of goes on there but when you have your best player, I understand that he is known as the best player. Everybody's going to come to that guy. Now, if you let him kind of move off the ball, play one-on-one, that's fine. But mm-hmm. honestly, that stat line, he had 23 points, 17 rebounds, and 16 assists. I would not mind giving up maybe six. You can still have him get a triple-double. I wouldn't mind having him have 10 assists and 40 points or 38 points oh yeah like you know, i would totally rather have lebron score more rather than have more assists he had that category points. yeah 
should go to somebody else. Yeah, I mean, they're they're going elsewhere. Those assists, honestly, are going elsewhere. They're, they're resulting in points. But you could have LeBron kind of get a little more greedy. But also, he's got to make his shots. I mean, 19 of 20 – or 9 of 20, I mean, it's good, but it's not winning you a game right now. Uh, especially on the team that's shooting 4 of 12 from Danny Green, 0 of 9 from Pope. It's uh, not looking good. Also, oh, free throws. Yeah. I mean, free throws. Uh, Davis Davis missed two in a row. LeBron missed two in a row. That's like literally a four-point switch. Yeah. Then they could have they had, they could have taken the lead going into the fourth with those free throws, and they just didn't. Yeah. And, I mean, that's, that's just kind of how it is, you know? Like, things are going to – I'm not expecting my big men to hit free throws. I don't care if LeBron is the go. I never saw him good at free throws. That's why he's changed and he's tried to figure out what he could do to get better. But mm-hmm. if I'm have if I'm at the end of the game and LeBron is taking my free throws, I'm holding my breath. If Anthony Davis is at the end of the game and he's taking my free throws, I'm holding my breath. I'm not saying. I, I, I really thought uh, Anthony Davis was a pretty good free throw shooter. Well, I don't he, know his percentage, his exact percentage, but I, I always thought of him as a as a as a reliable guy down the stretch. I mean, if I, he he can be good. I mean, I'm not saying he's not. He's he, this this year he shot uh 84 percent uh mm-hmm. 79 82 80. But I'm still saying like it's something about mechanics from a big man. I'm not entrusting the clutch free throws. And also Anthony Davis is one of the more unclutch guys when it came to, when it comes to the playoffs so i'm not again i'm not really you know <laughs> trusting that and uh mm-hmm. speaking of cl- unclutch uh we could actually i'm actually gonna hop over to the uh team that i have going maybe the farthest i'm not quite sure who's gonna win it yet i haven't given out who i think is gonna win it all but my team that i have winning it all or winning close to it all at least going towards the end is the clippers now, speaking of clutch, you have one of the unclutch players and most clutch players in the NBA on one team. And I'm talking about Paul George, who George and barely Kawhi can Leonard. get out of any round. <laughs> and Kawhi Leonard, who has made time and time again known that he should be recognized as one of the better players in the NBA. And he is. Rightfully so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they took down the... Uh, Dallas Mavericks, even though the, the second year, Phenom... Luka Doncic played really well, putting up 42 points without Porzingis. That was that was a very interesting game. Uh, I yes, just want to say that Paul George had 27 on 10 of 22 shooting, and Kawhi Leonard had 29 on 11 of 21 shooting. Kawhi Leonard only shot 1 of 7 from 3, and George shot 4 of 11. I don't know if what you saw from that game, but I know I definitely saw that I think they the Clippers kind of let them in that game. They, they kept them around. They kept uh, the Mavericks around longer than they should have. Obviously, yeah. we can go into it as much as we want about how much I think Porzingis kind of got kind of got screwed over. Yeah, <laughs> in that in that kind of double technical or two technicals. They were both mm-hmm. very weak technicals. I don't want to talk about it a whole lot just because I know it's like it's very obvious if you watch that game, if you watch the House of Highlights, anybody that posted that. He punched the air. I don't know what he said, but I tell you right now, he didn't say anything that is really going to piss off a ref that much. And on top of that, he just got a double T for a little pushing and shoving, which I don't think was right either. 
he was just kind of protecting Luca. I don't think it was really that hard of a shove. No punches were thrown. Nothing. I don't think he should have gotten double, Dude, like, double technicals for that. It's playoff basketball. Yeah, you gotta you know? let him play, right? It's, yeah, yeah. You have to let him play. You gotta get more physical. Porzingis was just being a really good like teammate right there. You know, like, he was just standing up for his like. He's just standing up for Luca, and then I don't know. The rest just saw some hostile act from that. I mean, I'm rooting for the Clippers because I believe they can go all the way. But to be honest, I didn't really think the Clippers honest, honestly deserved that that win. Like, because I thought Kawhi had to play much better in order for them to really, you know, defeat them. Yeah. I, don't I, know. I, it, I, mean, it, I just it just felt cheated because Porzingov was not on the floor. And then Luca basically had to do it all by himself. I mean, we'll see, of course, in their next game uh, tomorrow. That we'll see how that goes. If they're, if this was for real, the Clippers, like how they actually going to be this this playoff, or they just kind of, you know, had an off day. But Luca, yeah, Luca, yeah. Luca, Luca, the next star, obviously in the league, uh, <laughs> he's far above anybody else right now. LeBron is obviously number one and you could definitely make an argument that Luca is maybe the next, even though he's only his second year, he's 21. He could make a real run at being the MVP the next few years. Um, oh yeah, for yeah, sure. 42 points on 13 of 21 shooting. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> seven rebounds and nine assists. I think the real reason and three steals, but I think the reason why that uh, the Mavericks really kind of lost that was, uh, he had 11 turnovers. I mean, obviously the ball is going to be in your hand a lot. He's a young dude. He's learning first year in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. he puts up 42. But 11, 11 turnovers, I kind of I, I give him a pass. That that happens. The loss, you should have lost that game. You had no business being in that game, but given that you made it as close as you did, I kind of give him kudos. It was yeah. Um, it was 18-2 in the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken. And Luca had five turnovers at that time, and he was injured, and he had to go back to the locker room and get checked up. Yeah, yeah. And it was really impressive how he like how he willed his team back. I think they were in the lead after the first quarter ended. So yeah, it was just really impressive. I thought that the Clippers literally blew them out of the park, but I don't know. I give props to Dallas for staying around. Yeah. And make it an interesting game. And, and Luca you know, excelled after that. Yeah, and you know, um, the thing about this team, Dallas, is uh, if you think about it, it is kind of that similar aspect of what I was talking about earlier with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You have the big man and you have the conventional guard, I guess you could call Luca. I'm not quite sure. He's more of like, honestly, the height of a small forward. But he's you want him to have the ball like not all the time i i i I know he's really good i know he's the perfect guard but again i think you do need that third that third player i think they need that guard to kind of be the guy that's like okay i can get you a bucket if luca isn't a little bit off or he's having Mm -hmm. a bad day with his passes or something you need that guard i think i i I saw a little bit of that from uh hardaway uh the last game Uh, i think that he he yeah. played well. He had 18 points, 7 of 16 shooting, 4 of 11 from 3, but he only had one assist. I mean, that's that – I'm talking about that facilitator role that 
can kind of get Luca open, that can get Porzingis open, but those those are not easy to come by right now. You don't want a Kyrie on that team, to be completely honest. I understand Kyrie's good, but you don't want a guy that's going to take the ball that much out of Luca's hands. You need a better supporting mm-hmm. guard. I don't think Hardaway's that guy. Because um, Luca is Luca's the point guard, so maybe they need to switch up their lineup, make Luca a shooting guard in some way. But see, then um, th- that's what I'm trying to say. Like, if you have Luca play the point guard, you don't want to. You don't. I guess you could say, yeah, maybe you do want another shooter, another pure shooter that could just knock down. But you don't have a ball handler. That's the problem. You don't have the guy that could break an ankle and get by, like a Donovan Mitchell who can't or Chris Paul. Or Chris Paul, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like Chris Paul is a perfect example. If he if you need a bucket from mid range, he'll get you that bucket. If you need the assist to the corner, he'll get you, he'll throw that ball over there wherever he, however he can. That's what I'm trying to say about guys like Luca. Even though you can play the point guard, doesn't necessarily mean you always have to make the pass. And I think that's where if LeBron put up those numbers, 42, 7, and 9, I think they're winning that game. But yeah. Luka is just I, – I don't I – don't, I was talking to a friend of mine. I don't know anyone that – of the young names, I don't know anyone that's even close to him. He's – he – it's something about Luka that really kind of intrigues me is he's not the hardest, like, cut. He doesn't cut hard. He doesn't – he doesn't, like, blow your, blow your mind with – dribbles between the legs crossovers you know what i mean like it's a it's a very... he just has that that like that experience playing with pros he's but, very smooth that's yeah, what people have been that, saying that's what i don't get i don't understand like you never see that i don't think i've seen a single player in the nba that has the smooth kind of movement as he does i was telling my friend that it it kind of reminds me of more of like i don't know if you know if you've ever watched soccer or seen soccer but Soccer players are so light on their feet. They have to be able to move quick, but don't have, but can't cut hard all the time. You have to be able to mm-hmm. move with the ball. It's more of like a dance. But that's what that's what Luca has. I don't understand how he does that in basketball. But he's he's creating space. He's crossing guys over with the most simplest kind of flow. And he's getting he's pushing off guys like Kawhi Leonard. He's he, like really forty two points against two of the best defenders in the nba right now we paul george and Kawhi Leonard. really you're gonna put up 42 on 13 of 21 shooting he's not shooting like james harden where you're putting up 40 shots and you're making 15 of them <laughs> you know I, I, luca I has patience that's that's that i think that's the word like he really does like watching the way he comes off uh pick and rolls he he, he keeps his dribble alive for yeah, a very long time, he's, he's always looking look for the pass yeah, early or anything. And when he drives, he's always looking for the open man. And if not, then he has the he has like the ability to score at will. That's what makes Luca like such a good threat. It's crazy to watch, to be honest. Yeah, especially at this young of an age to be that poised and like I don't know, take control of the whole game at, that you want. It's crazy. Yeah, he's he's somebody that even at 21, second year, I would not mind him taking the last shot right now. I know. Like, last shot <laughs> in the finals, I, I don't care how – like, of course, there's some guys I'd rather have it with more experience, but I wouldn't be opposed to him being the guy that takes my last shot of the game. But, yeah, so then uh, another, another guy that I'd like to talk about really quick is – I understand we kind of just blew past the Clippers, but they should have won that game. I mean, it wasn't much of a surprise. Um, 
But one one big name that I actually kind of wanted to one big game that I want to talk about was a game on Tuesday was uh, Miami the number five seed beating the Pacers the number four seed. Um, there wasn't during that game there wasn't as much tension as I thought there would be. I feel like Jimmy Butler really just he just played his own game and wasn't distracted by the fact that Warren was going off. And, and that's 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 a lot that's a real pro veteran mentality about it. Yeah. I mean he he did like subtle things to like but they were mostly to hype himself up, you know? He was clapping once he he uh he got a stop against War- uh, Warren. He had a uh, um, he had a, a yeah. steal and a dunk on the other end. I, he definitely mm-hmm. expressed a lot of emotion after that. Mm-hmm. But man, uh, Goran the Dragon, Goran Dragic <laughs> showed up, man. <laughs> he's quiet. He's honestly, to me, he's he's had a very quiet season, but he's always been trustworthy. I think on that yeah, team, especially mm-hmm. being behind yeah, Kendrick Dunn would... and. Uh, uh, who's oh, we had to talk about none, because he didn't get that much playing time. No, which which I actually I, I remember talk when we when we've been talking about. So a little bit backstory between me and Ethan here. We've had uh, a few. I've been in in this hobby a little bit longer than he has, but we're obviously bringing cards here and there. But when we were kind of talking about Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn, obviously I believe that Hero looked better. Of the two. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, I remember telling him that this is something that we needed to kind of, I think the Heat might have to make that change and give Hero the minutes here over Kendrick Nunn. Because I understand Nunn is, he's a different kind of player than Hero. But when you have a guy like uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, who's already, you know, congesting the lane, I think mm-hmm. you kind of got to give the minutes to the guy that's shooting the three better. Yep. Uh, uh, Hero Nunn, has more of a confidence too. Yeah, he, to himself. he definitely ha- he definitely does. Shooting five of nine, he only shot one yep. of five from three, which is kind of surprising. But again, he's a rookie, first year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I like you kind of can understand some blips in a game like that. Um, Butler had twenty eight, and I think this is where the biggest part is right here is that Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic and Adebayo respectively plus thirteen, plus twenty, and plus twenty three. And maybe some could argue the hottest guy in the bubble, TJ Warren. He had 22 points on 9 of 18 shooting, minus 13. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely say that, like, there wasn't some fire. You could, like, that didn't show between Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren. But I think, I think Butler definitely wanted to make a statement there, and he really did. They had a. For the Pacers. Yeah. It was a one-man show. Like, in the bubble, it was all about Warren. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oladipo didn't really make an impact. Oladipo got he, hurt that game. He, yeah, yeah, he, he got hurt. Um, that, yeah, that screwed him over. I'm not quite sure where he's going to be, if he's going to be able to play. I don't remember the update, whether he's going to be able to play or not. Uh, uh, he went through the walkthrough. It says he got out there. For, he should be out there for game two. That's very understandable. He got poked in the eye. But Brogdon, he had 39 minutes and 22 points, uh, 6 of 18 shooting in the uh, fill-in for Victor Oladipo. But I don't I think Brogdon, he... Brogdon's the guy. Yeah, Brogdon's definitely not the guy. 
he he did he did uh he did do his job though i feel like he kind of filled the spot okay but yeah you needed more from Oladipo. and brogdon could have been like icing on the cake if if Oladipo was playing well and brogdon i think they could have taken it yeah yeah definitely agreed uh so obviously jimmy butler did really well the whole honestly actually when the whole team really just played exceptionally well they didn't really have to i think go all out here against the pacers i don't think the pacers are that big of a threat to houston or excuse me houston uh miami but i think they have i think miami just straight up has a better team here deeper team better team everything they should they should definitely be winning this series um i agree and then uh moving on here the last actual game that i want to talk about that we've seen play so far is the another five versus four uh the thunder versus the rockets so man <laughs> i had a couple people talking to me in my ear saying that okc looks like they're really going to be a team that could possibly beat the rockets i didn't buy it i mean they look good chris paul obviously has a lot of experience galinari has experience but when your next when your next best guy is supposed to be the guy that kind of carries you there in Shea Gilgis, a very good up-and-coming star. I, I love him, but I think he's a slight bit overrated right now. He doesn't mm-hmm. have the biggest physique. He's not the greatest shooter of all time. He's just hype right now, I think. I think he does have potential, but I don't see it nearly as much as some of these other people do. Yep. But Shea, Shea put in 35 minutes, 9 points, 2 of 8 shooting. You know, it's... I knew that. I saw that coming. I, people were telling me that I should be picking the OKC Thunder in this, and I said, I don't think if you have both Westbrook and Harden on the court, I don't care how good your defense is. I don't think that they're losing right right against this team, at least. I think they can lose to other teams with better guards, but when you have a rookie guard, like this is Shea's second year in the league, when your mm-hmm. second best player in the team is going to be – New that to, young of a guy yeah, yeah. the playoffs there's i don't think i don't think he's gonna be able to keep up with harden and westbrook now going back to the game westbrook didn't even play yep uh, uh man harden it's... harden shot <laughs> two, tw- 12 of 22 for 37 points uh it's 11 rebounds no turn or three turnovers but mm-hmm. when you got a whole team that's kind of just ready to play defense other than Harden I mean Tucker's a tough defensive man Robert Covington's one of the better defenders they're supporting roles to Harden and mind you that Jeff Green did his best Westbrook impression of this game I think he put up uh in 32 minutes he had 22 points 8 of 12 shooting maybe not the 8 of 12 shooting that's definitely not (laughs) (laughs) Westbrook-esque Westbrook probably put up a little bit more shots than that but that's what they kind of built for. They built for defense um, uh, through Huck, Tucker and Covington. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with a very good offensive team, but, you know, the Thunder, they're not the best offensive team. They're good, but they're not the best. And that's yep. where I think it could be kind of a problem for them to win this. And it didn't show more than game one. Game two, it could be completely different. They could definitely split it without Westbrook there. But once Westbrook comes back, I don't – I think – Houston kind of just takes this. What do you think? Uh, Eric Gordon. Let's talk about him because he – I don't know how many points he scored, but 
he he did work when I, when I was watching. <laughs> 21, 21, 7 of 17 shooting, 2 of 6 from 3, and uh, 3 rebounds and 4 assists. I mean, he had a good line. Definitely had a good line. Mm-hmm. The thing about the Rockets is that they can they can really stretch the floor. They got so many shooters. It's tough for OKC to like close them out. Because once Harden makes that drive with his left hand, you can either go all the way or look for Gordon, short corner, or Tucker every right. time. And I don't think the OKC Thunder are fast enough to to close out. They're more they're more of a traditional team, you know, because mm-hmm. Houston is small ball, lots of guards. I think Covington is their tallest player, which is a which is crazy. Tucker, Tucker I think, is the tallest on the. Tucker's on the tallest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tucker should not. <laughs> Tucker should not be the tallest player on the court, for the Rockets, but he is, and I just yeah, man, the game is evolving. The Rockets like know that, and I feel like that that team is the one that has truly already evolved. Right. And everybody's think, trying to follow that right now. To, I think they're trying to take it too much to a next level. They don't have Yeah. That. See, I'm not trusting Darren House Jr. I'm not trusting PJ Tucker and I'm not trusting Covington to make the wide open three when you got two good defensive guards guarding Harden and Westbrook. Like when I say that, I mean if if they see if they just so happen to see Damian Lillard McCollum on the other side. Mm-hmm. I think that whole supporting role of the Thunder with Nurkic, with uh, Trent Jr., right? Yep. I, I don't think I don't think that they can keep up. I know you want to go small and you want to run it, run the ball down their throats and just keep scoring early, but I, I don't see that happening. As well as always, like needed a big man, unless they they have like a seven three guy that can take threes as well. But then it can also have a low post game. Oh, yeah, they don't have that though. Getting mellow too. I keep forgetting mellow had a great game uh, yep. against against the Lakers. But just guys like that, they're not gonna. Mellow's gonna sink everything against those guys if he if he's on fire. You know, like, especially in the clutch, man. Mellow's yeah. always been been clutch. Yeah. See, that's what I'm he, he doesn't make it uh, consistently like during the game, but like when 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 the when time he matters, he's there. Right. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, quick little quick little update here, uh, Luca. We're wa- we're right in the middle of the Lakers and Dallas Mavericks game right now. Luca's got five of ten shooting for fifteen points. They are actually leading the Clippers right now by six. Um, Porzingis is playing ten points, five rebounds. I mean, Kawhi Leonard's got fourteen. Paul George has zero points. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, that can of, happen. I'm sure he'll definitely turn that around. Reggie Jackson, a nice, a nice, pleasant surprise for Clippers as uh, got nine points. He right just now. hit that three. Yep. Lou Will's got ten. I mean, when you look at the depth of the Clippers, I don't know who can beat them. Their depth is so good, but that's what Morris I'm say. also a very good pickup for them. Yeah. Yeah. Playing great defense and hitting threes when they need him. Almost like he's it's got great. through. And that's what I'm trying to say. When you get when you look at that Houston game and you go to the end, oh dude, I don't think you have the depth for that. I don't I like it's the same thing with the Lakers. The the Portland Trailblazers might be interesting because they do have some pretty good depth, I would say. Mm-hmm. The Heat is one of the deepest teams. Denver is one of the deepest teams. Michael Porter Jr., oh my gosh. Man, we had to talk about that Denver game today. 
versus Utah. It's a complete I, blowout. I think I think that's what what should have happened. I think Donovan Mitchell put up uh, how many? Fifty? Did he put fifty or fifty-seven? He put fifty-seven. The first game. Right? Yeah, he put up fifty-seven. He put thirty something. The second game. Yeah, I mean, still crazy numbers. You're gonna tell me you're gonna put fifty-seven? You're not winning that game. No, with one of the best defensive teams. No, I I I, I kind of had a feeling that Utah was gonna come back with a vengeance and beat Denver, but I think in the long run, I think. I think Denver just takes that. It's it's. When I see missing... a game seven. <laughs> really? really? Yeah, I I definitely see a game seven. I think Denver and Utah is one of the best matchups right now. It's one of the more exciting games for me to watch personally. I think really? both teams have like so many threats. See, They're just I th- I, both I, I just think, well-rounded teams. Yeah, I think I just think the Nuggets are just too deep. I Nuggets mean, are deep. Mm-hmm. Like. Kevin Porter Jr. or Michael Porter Jr. He came out of nowhere. He had 28. Jokic had 28. Murray had an off game, 14 points. Uh, Torrey Craig, I mean, he's in there for defensive purposes. Monte Morris, I know, I, I really like him. I really like Monte Morris. He only had 10 points on 23 minutes, yep. but man, man I mean, double digits from anybody off the bench. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, <laughs> and they and they still lost this game. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean. You you lock up Donovan Mitchell. I mean, obviously that's easier said than done. But do you know the reason why that they won this game? Can't really say. I just think everybody on the on the Utah Jazz just had a great game. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the uh, 26 points, nine of 18 shooting from Jordan Clarkson. Uh, that's a very streaky player. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, gonna... I never, ex- never expected him to be dropping those kind of numbers. Yeah, so that's why I don't really believe that this game, like this, is more of a revenge game. Somebody need to go off, and they did. But I don't, I don't see Jordan Clarkson putting up that kind of number every game. Uh, he had 18 points last game. That did really well. But when you have Ingles and Mitchell as your number one, number two guy, Gobert is not always going to put up big numbers he's there for defensive purposes Royce O'Neal uh, no uh Morgan uh no they just don't have enough scoring if Mitchell's an off day oh losing all day they're losing all day you know mm-hmm. if Dame has a little bit of an off day McCollum's right there to help him out Melo's there to help out you yep. don't have that on Utah so that's why I don't see, I don't think that that I don't think this series is gonna be that close it could be close I could be completely wrong but I don't think it's gonna be that close um, so let's uh, let's uh, do this to wrap up the show. Let's kind of do a quick um, prediction. Who, where, who, who are your predictions? Where do you see everybody going? So I'll kind of go down a list here. I'll kind of name you off what the teams right now. Yep. Yeah, and see where you're going. So we've all seen the first day of games. We kind of have an idea. So uh, the Portland Trailblazers versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Who do you see winning? And in how many games? I'm taking, I'm taking Portland in five wow you only give the lakers one win interesting okay i think lakers will get one win yeah i'll i'll i'm actually i'm actually right there with you i think the lakers will stay uh pull out two games so i'd say six games four and two i'd take okay. the uh i take the portland trailblazers to win that series i've said it all day i said it all week all month i that's whoever took that eight seed. actually i would even question memphis but i think memphis would have been too young to beat lebron even though 
Like, they might have been a better team. Yeah, it would have been a totally different story if Memphis was there. But Dame's got the experience. You know, that's how we're going to do it. Uh, Next up here, we got the Rockets and the Thunder. I say Rockets. Even though how much I want OKC to win, Mm -hmm. God, I want them to win. But I got to say Rockets. Because Harden is just – he's just a different player, man. And Russell Westbrook wasn't even there that first game. Once he comes back, I don't think I don't think they have a chance. Yeah, completely agree there. Uh, I don't think the the problem with I think OKC against a matchup like Houston is when you have a guy like Gallinari, who's maybe your second best guy on the team right now, with Shea kind of in a sophomore slump in a way or first year mm-hmm. playoff run. When Gallinari is your second best guy and he's kind of getting phased out of this fast-paced game it doesn't spell good it really doesn't spell good yep uh okay next up here we got denver just utah this is your this is your favorite of all the all the games being yeah. right now who who do you got i say it goes all the way but i think denver might take the win i'm, I'm saying game seven denver i think i think denver wins it in six but if it goes to game six. seven i'm gonna give it to utah because defenses in my opinion wins games and these guys on utah have a lot of experience if they make it to a game seven i'm definitely gonna give i'm gonna have to give it to utah i don't think i think michael board jr he's still on the newer side he's not gonna be able to he's gonna phase out you got Jokic, who's obviously being kind of guarded by gobert that's gonna be tough for him Obviously, he's going to stretch the floor, but that's just forcing up threes, which is not his necessary forte. So mm-hmm. I think that he could get phased out. Murray definitely could always get phased out. I don't know where he is sometimes, but that's just that. But that's why the depth of the team is supposed to help everybody out. But again, I think I think I'd give it to Utah if it goes to Game Seven. But if I think correctly, I'm going to go with Denver in six. I think they win just two, three games in a row, and then. Or two more okay. games in a row, and then they, Utah maybe sneaks one in. Uh, next game here, we got the two versus seven, Dallas and the Clippers. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Clippers on this one. Uh, I, I think Dallas takes one, one game. I say Clippers in five. Yeah, okay. I'm right there with you. I'll take uh, Clippers in five. I, I, I actually might even say a sweep. Um, okay. I just... I think Luca had a game of his life. I think he's very good. I would like to see one more game where he puts up maybe thirty-five plus, and I'd say, okay, I, I, this, this is real. Even though he's going against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, this is freaking real yep. at that point. But yeah, I'd say maybe five, maybe even a sweep. Okay. Uh, on this other side, on the east side here, we are going with Milwaukee versus Orlando. <laughs> I, mean, I think, I think Milwaukee's gonna turn on the Jets, man. It might be all Milwaukee from here on out. Yeah, I think I think yeah I think I think they take it in five. Yeah, I mean this is an eight-one that lost, but I'm still picking a one in this situation. <laughs> Not quite like the West. Giannis uh, is just I don't know. Can't I guard mean, Giannis. Yeah, I think I think. Honestly, Bledsoe just needs to take over as well. Not not take over, but he needs to take the point guard position, understand where he is, let Giannis go to work, and then Middleton just has to hit everything on the outside. I don't think Middleton yep. has to create his shot necessarily because when the whole defense is when all the defenses collapse on Giannis, that's why that's when he's open. Same with Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews, another good spot up three point shooter. 
Uh, yep. Next up here, we got the four and five Pacers versus Miami. Who do you got? Miami, because of the depth, as you said. I don't know. Adebayo, in my opinion, is just it's just too hard to guard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he's Butler not like is just playing here, crazy. Really weird. Yeah, I know. Like Adebayo has always been under the radar, but like, I always feel like he's always. <laughs> He could be as good as, like, Gobert or something. Something like that. Of that caliber, you know? Like, defensive player or something. I, I see him as that kind of player in, like, the coming years. Mm-hmm. I totally agreed. Uh, and then, so, yeah, I take... I definitely take Miami here. I don't think... I think... Um, TJ it might be a sweep. I'm, I'm calling 4-0 on <laughs> You're that gonna one. You're say sweep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm I calling think a sweep on that TJ one. I think I give TJ Warren's hot hand at least one game. I'd say five games, 4-1. Okay. Think. Uh, Pacers, yeah, I don't think they have enough firepower. Whether that's Warren getting guarded by uh, Jimmy Butler or Victor Oladipo getting guarded by Jimmy Butler, I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, okay, next up here we have the 3C versus 6C. This would have been a lot more interesting maybe about a month ago, but now it's kind of a joke. Uh, the Sixers versus the Celtics. Yeah, Celtics. <laughs> There's no question there. Yeah. The- Hayward is down, though. Which is concerning, but nah, dude. Tatum playing game games of his life. They don't Sixers don't have Ben Simmons either, so yeah, I say Celtics. Yep, I'm gonna be. I'm to be completely honest, I'm uh, a little baby even farther than you in that respect. Like I'm right there with you, but I might be even farther. I I really like the Celtics. As a complete mm-hmm. team, they don't have really a superstar. I don't even see Tatum really as a quote-unquote superstar because he doesn't quite like express as much as some of the superstars do. Like you don't see the expression nearly on him. He's kind of just himself. He just knows what he's doing. He's going about his business, but it doesn't seem like he demands it enough. I mean, he could. Yep. He he could be the guy that they just said. Like, I think by default, he's more of a demand the ball kind of guy because you're not. Marcus Smart knows his role defense and defense and defense is a Patrick Beverly of the Boston Celtics of the East and Jalen Brown is the same kind of guy he's defense defense and defensive mindset Jalen Brown's a good offensive player and honestly I think kind of forget about is Kemba Walker I mean you forget that he's a Celtic so yeah (laughs) he can step up whenever he wants to he can do it whenever he wants to but then like the two young guys Brown and like Tatum Man, they're, they're, they're getting it done by themselves. They don't need Kemba yeah, and, that much. And when they do need him, he's there. He yeah, will he be there. he put up 22 points last game. I mean, he's he's a very, very good player. I, I think I think he's very unrecognized. He doesn't get the quite recognition he deserves. Uh, but no, today... but his time in Charlotte, he was <laughs> a bucket. Mm-hmm. His, three, his three ball was crazy. Yeah, he's fast, I, comes off. Yeah. That's why that's why I have these Celtics as my sleeper kind of pick. I I kind of put I, I on my bracket list I have the Milwaukee Bucks, but I was so tempted to put the Celtics. I have the Celtics beating everybody. I have the Celtics even beating Toronto. They're just so complete. Wow. If you look mm. at that team, top to bottom, defense to offense, the only thing that they're really missing is a true center. But honestly, I think if you if you had to get rid of one position, yeah, I get rid of the center. You can deal with uh, Tice, and you can deal with Ennis Cantor as your centers. I really believe that. I truly, truly believe that. And that's why I kind of wish team, they would play Taco more. Taco, again, you're gonna run into that 
inexperienced role. Yeah, he might be able to gain it next year, years later, but not right now. I don't. I don't. Th- I'd rather have Cantor and over Taco Fall right now. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I have a lot of respect from top to bottom. They are one of the best starting lineups in the NBA right now, without a doubt. One of the most complete. Maybe not the best, but one of the most complete. Like you have defense. You have two guys that can defend anybody yep. on the court. You have two guys. You have a clutch shooter, two clutch shooters actually, in Tatum and Kemba Walker. The only thing that you don't have is a shot blocker. But if you have really good defense, oh dude, forget it. I need one. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where I'm. Uh, I, I'm. I'm more. I'm way beyond. I think where you are right now. I don't think that you had quite the same thoughts going into this as I did. But I love the Boston Celtics. I've been asked what's mm-hmm. my sleeper pick. That isn't the Clippers or the Lakers or the Bucks. Yeah, I'm definitely going with the Celtics. I think the Celtics and I think Dallas is maybe one or two player, one good guard or one good player off. But yeah, I'm gonna go with the Celtics there. Uh, and then, I, go ahead. Uh, I think the Raptors is my sleeper pick, to be honest. Well, then we'll go into that. The next one, obviously, the win out in the East. De- um, Toronto and the Nets. I mean. Who are we taking here? Uh, kind of maybe a sweep. The Nets. <laughs> yeah, go the Nets. Uh, yeah, so we're going with Toronto here. That one's pretty easy. But if you want to talk about this one to close out, I'm really down to because what I think is you don't have that clutch factor on that team. That's uh, what in Kawhi Toronto? Was. Yeah, that's what Kawhi was last year. You do not have that clutch factor on this team in Toronto anymore. Like, mm-hmm. you look at. So who 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 when you look at Toronto who's their who are their best who's their best players? Uh, Siakam and Fred Van Vliet, man. <laughs> See now, my I think Fred Van Vliet's you great. gave out you said Van Vliet over Kyle Lowry, even though yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> I I think uh I think Van Vliet's a better shooter. He's faster, I think. Yeah, Lowry's good at. He's good defensively. He's better at jar- drawing charges, but I think the offense just goes to Van Vliet. He's really like excelled ever yeah, since that last year's was. playoff games, dude. Mm-hmm. He literally came to life. He was he wasn't even averaging like what two points mm-hmm. prior to like, his spurt versus the Bucks or something. Right, 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 right. Yeah, he he went crazy. Now see, that's, that's what I'm trying to say though. You're gonna tell me that. Kyle Lowry's going to – they're going to survive with maybe possibly like their most known player in Kyle Lowry putting up 16 points. And then today he put up what, 16 I think? Yeah, I think so. Kyle, no, Kyle put up 21 today and he put up 13. But see, that's what I'm trying to say. Like you're going to deal with that? I, I don't I, I don't see that that ending well at all. That's why I think if you get a guy like – you run into the Celtics, you're going to have Marcus Smart, Arm Van Vliet, and you're going to have – Jalen Brown on Siakam, and then mm-hmm. Kemba is gonna be on Kyle Lowry. Wow, the AL like. I don't know. I think uh, like the Raptors are really disciplined. I don't know. I think every player fits their role really well, so like they can they can so handle themselves. Who are you giving themselves. the last shot to if if it comes down to a game seven? Who are you giving the last shot to there? Probably Siakam, man. Not for free throws. Definitely not for free throws. <laughs> I'm giving Siakam the ball though. At the end of the clock. See, I, sure. I don't know, man. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. I don't trust any one of those three to hit the dagger. I don't trust any one of those three. Yeah. So that's why I think I they play well together. 
I don't. So, that's why I believe Toronto's a little bit overrated. They're they're on a high. Everyone says, "Oh my God, they shouldn't be here because they lost Kawhi." I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't believe. I don't believe in Toronto enough. Okay. But yeah, I mean, is there anything else that you want to bring up here? Because we could keep talking for hours. But again, we're at the one hour mark here. We enjoyed you guys listening. Anyone that's out there, I want to give a special shout out to this man named Jason. Uh, Jason kind of put me on this road. He kind of told me that I should kind of go out and start doing something I want to do. And that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm going out here talking about it. And Jason, thank you so much, man. I mean, we had a talk last weekend. It was, it was a great talk. He really inspired me to go out and do this. I want to make this a weekly thing for you guys. I want to talk every week, kind of talk basketball, talk baseball, football. Ethan's going to kind of, he's more of an expert in the basketball end. I'll help him out here in baseball and football. Maybe he'll kind of get into it. But we can always talk basketball with him. If you guys any, if you have any questions, any comments for us, go ahead and hit up the podcast at hothand underscore podcast on Instagram. You can go ahead and message me there. I also, uh, you know, kind of just want to do this more as a hobby. You know, it's, it was a lot of fun for me. I love talking, talking sports. I want to give a quick shout out to Travion Graham, who actually got to watch. It was really cool. That you is know? lit. Like, like it's brand that new. is The lit. whole thing is brand new. Pro ball player. He came by, gave him a vote on my uh, story. Like that. That's awesome. You know, it's it's really cool. Uh, that's kind of just something that I'd love to do. I want to just kind of, you know, just speak my mind about sports, whether you whether you agree with me or not. Heck, that that's that's up to you. But uh, Ethan, you got anything left to say? uh nothing man just thanks for everybody who tuned in and like let it letting us uh, share our uh opinions and thoughts on these uh these playoffs it's a good yeah. year man <laughs> it's, a, it's yeah. a good i think it's a good we need basketball right now and i'm loving it love watching it yeah man i mean thank you he said it best yep. thank you everybody thank you everybody for tuning in and this will be a lot of fun and don't worry we'll bring you more and more sports i know i'm right most of the time even if i'm not uh go ahead and just you know tell me when i'm wrong it'll be a lot of fun i'd love to talk to you guys thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week